Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. You know, the thing about doing justice, kindness, and humility, as the prophet Micah expressed, is that it takes a lot of work, a lot of commitment, a lot of faith. It takes a a lot of really hard work, a, a deep dependency on our faith, and, and a concerted effort, not just by one or two people, but by a whole lot of people, striving together to understand it, first of all, then to ensure the, the necessary ways justice, kindness, and humility can and must be enacted in our lives. Because when we, when we don't apply ourselves to the hard work of doing justice, loving kindness, and, and walking humbly with our God, well, it, it can seem like the, the whole world is on a, a, a slippery slope towards chaos and despair. Would you agree? In stark contrast, then, to doing this justice, kindness, and humility, we can see the destructive nature of, of dishonesty, cruelty, and arrogance all around us. The verses read today from the book of Micah are some of my favorite verses of the Scripture. They serve as a reminder to me of how my life, my actions, my attitude is meant to be balanced. Doing justice and loving kindness and, and walking humbly with God in the ways I'm presented in life depends on that primal source of, of wisdom of which Paul writes about in his first letter to the Corinthians. To, to ensure I have a chance at this divine wisdom so that I may do what the Lord requires as per Micah, it all starts with the health of, of my daily walk with God. Yours too. Someone mentioned as I spoke with them in the Narthex of how they get up in the morning and they do their devotion. That's one example of setting it 
in God's realm our day. Because we must fundamentally walk humbly with God, acknowledging who God is and, and understanding our respectful and vital place in God's creation. Micah presents in chapter 6 of this very short book of the Bible a courtroom setting, if you will. Yahweh, as indicated, is, has in, indicted excuse me, Israel, the once enslaved Hebrews, who in an historic moment under the leadership of Moses were delivered out of that slavery from Egypt. We're all well aware of that, that extraordinary story. And so while their succession into freedom certainly was fraught with all sorts of ups and downs, exposing them to the world out in the, in the wilderness, the, the pattern of, of Micah's prophecy is like that of a courtroom. God indicts the people, judges them according to their behaviors, instructs them on what the, the correct behavior ought to look like, then points out the, the favorable outcome awaiting them should they choose what's good and what's required. Oh, that all court settings and allocation of justice should follow such a divine pattern, yes? What's intriguing here? in, Ma in uh, Micah 6, is that rather than to focus on the critique of God's people, it highlights a justification of what Yahweh, God, has done. Verse 3 reads, O my people, what have I done to you? Of what have I wearied you? Tell me. Then Micah goes on to exaggerate all that the people may otherwise imagine God requires from them to be in, in right relationship. Burnt offerings, calves a year old, reasonable given the context. What is it that the Lord requires from any of you, Micah writes? Thousands of rams, 10,000 rivers of oil. You see the, the absurdity just sort of mounts here. Shall I give my firstborn? the fruit of my body to make things right with God. Contextually, child sacrifice was not beyond the realm of possibility. And that's where this whole trial setting comes to a screeching halt, as if God has, has banged the gavel down and, and restored order to the, the courtroom. It's not about any of that. It's about what's right. What's just? It's about elevating attitudes and actions of kindness to a prominent place in one's life, in one's society. It's about maneuvering through all of the challenges of life with a humility because we know what our guiding force is from whence we gain wisdom. It's none other than God's self. It harkens back to the ancient Shema, of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, the, the great commandment, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And then Jesus, we know, as followers of Jesus, added to that great commandment a second. You shall love your neighbors as yourselves. You see, that's balance. That's balance that I need in my life, 
And it starts when I walk humbly with my God and engage in the wisdom God grants me. It works for you too. How do you achieve that sense of balance in the face of so much mistrust and uncertainty that, that seems to envelop us in this world today? With often peripheral knowledge of our our country's ongoing tragedies happening at the hands of people with firearms, racial and economic disparity increasingly enabling events like what happened this past week in Memphis to yet another person of color, anxiety cultivated over suspicion of the others culturally, politically, socially, theologically. When life can feel like a slippery slope heading towards despair, which sometimes it does. What it is that we hear, what is it that we hear today or experience in our journey of, into faith that makes any difference at all? Why are we here? It happens for people of faith when we separate the word beatitudes into two words, be attitudes. Now the word beatitudes itself which Matthew highlights in this section of the, the presentation of Jesus' teachings we recognize as the Sermon of the Mount, means supreme blessedness. Supreme blessedness, beatitudes. Say that phrase out, out loud, supreme blessedness. The nature of the, the supreme blessedness is, is that litany that Jesus espouses there in his Sermon on the Mount that he teaches his disciples and those who gather around him. The nature of be attitudes is that blessings, to truly be blessings, supreme blessings indeed, requires sacrifice, work, commitment. They, they come at a great price. We know the grounding of that sacrifice is in the crucifixion of Christ Jesus, our Lord, who humbly and willingly bore the weight of our sin, but for us, you've heard the phrase, with great power comes great responsibility. Some people call that the Peter Parker principle. If you're familiar with Peter Parker in uh, the Stan Lee comic, Spider-Man, his uncle said that to him, with great power comes great responsibility. Therein lies the sense of balance that I was referring to earlier, showing up in pop culture but the power of working and striving for justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly cannot be overstated. Indeed, God calls you and me to struggle, to fight, to work hard, and to be committed as individuals and as a body, the church, to seek what is good and to own what it is the Lord requires of each one of us in the name of Christ Jesus. Do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. Against that verb-intense sentence, all else must be measured. It seems like it should be so easy, though, don't you think? But you and I know it's very difficult. Apart from our faith in God and our belief in God's faith in us, it is not easy. So that is who we are called to be, and that is what we are called to do. 
to love the Lord our God alone with our heart, our soul, our, our might, to love our neighbors as ourselves, to operate in this life with a, a, a be attitude. I want to be just. I want to be kind. And I do want to walk humbly with my God. And like the aftermath of the courtroom setting we read about in, in Micah, we can anticipate where that all gets us. As Jesus taught us on the Sermon on the Mount, we are supremely blessed. It's not easy. It's hard. With great power comes great responsibility and great blessing. Indeed, supreme blessing. So our calling in faith is to administer that great power and responsibility every day of our lives in every opportunity God presents us and to enact the attitude of Jesus by striving to do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly with God, just as Jesus teaches us. Amen.